Grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so uh, this uh, morning's uh, text, the text for our meditation this morning, is actually from our Old Testament lesson uh, in Job, uh, where God as uh, uh, begins a, a series of rhetorical questions uh, to Job uh, that uh, have great significance uh, for us in our lives as well. And uh, it starts off by asking, where were you when? And it's a question you'll sometimes hear asked today in regards to a very memorable event, the sort of thing everybody remembers where they were when uh, the Royals won the World Series or uh, where uh, on the negative side they heard the news of the attacks on the Twin Towers or uh, further back, if maybe when uh, the moon landing took place or something like that. Of course, for, it has a little bit of a different connotation if you weren't around back then to remember it. Uh, and that's kind of the direction God is going when he asks uh, Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? It's a memorable event to be sure, uh, but Job isn't going to remember it because uh, he wasn't around yet and wouldn't be for a long time, which highlights uh, something very, very important as God goes on to uh, unpack several key components of that reality. Uh, the questions that follow, not just through our text, but through the next several chapters, uh, are a series of uh, questions uh, highlighting God's unique power uh, and perspective and authority uh, that allows him to play a unique role in our lives. Now, I group these questions kind of roughly into who questions have you questions and can you questions uh, that all address a specific aspect of uh, God's ability to play that unique role in our lives. Uh, he starts off with the who questions. Uh, who determined its measurements? Who shut in the sea with doors when it burst from the womb, when I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling clothes? Who was it? Who made the earth? Who was it created all things? Was it you? No. Uh, God makes it very clear, point blank. Who did this? Was it you or not? Was it, who was it? Uh, there's only one person who can claim uh, that accomplishment, uh, who can claim that role and position, and it is God himself. Uh, he goes on to also ask a number of have you questions. Have you commanded the morning since your days begun? Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked the recesses of the deep? Have you, have you comprehended, the ex comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare it if you know all this. Have you seen it all? And do you know all these things. That have you questions 
uh, tend to focus on uh, the experience uh, and knowledge that comes with it of uh, familiarity and knowledge to know all things. And that plays an integral role uh, in God's unique role in our lives. Well, finally, he asks a number of can you questions as well, which aren't uh, so much in our uh, reading this morning, but as the text goes on, uh, are highlighted at length. Can you control the behemoth on the land or the leviathan in the sea? Uh, can you uh, bring, give food uh, to uh, the lions and uh, cause the, the deer to give birth? Can you do all these things? Can you control all things? No. God uh, isn't just telling Job to shut up and mind his own business because he's not qualified here. Uh, though he's, he's highlighting specific things about the role that Job has kind of been trying to fill and how God alone can fill it. And as you look at each of these approaches to that, you can see fundamental things about them. And the question, who created all things, gets to who has authority uh, over our life? Uh, the author. That's where the word authority comes from, doesn't it? that the author has creative privileges, authority, to write the story according to his idea and plan. Uh, the painter has the authority to make the painting the way he wants it. Uh, the potter has the authority to shape the vessel according to his plan and desire. And you can throw in your, your two cents and say, oh, I think it ought to be this way. I think it ought to be that way. I think the Mona Lisa should have a great big smile. Uh, well, Leonardo da Vinci didn't, and it's his painting. Uh, so the authority issue is really key as it pertains to creation, that there's only one author of creation who alone has the authority to decide how it should run. And the second kind of question about have you seen all things? Do you know all things, all, the, uh, all that goes on in the world? Uh, that knowledge is power. We'll get to power later, as you can see. But knowledge is the, the foundation of power. Because if you don't know what's going on, how can you respond appropriately? If you don't know what's going on, how can you claim to... Uh, know what's right to do about it uh, or how things ought to be if you can't even accurately describe how they are. This is one of the areas where I often point out our, uh, how our human arrogance uh, shows itself. When we, we claim to have or act like we have uh, such wisdom and uh, uh, ability to discern uh, when we're not even the most discerning or understanding uh, or aware uh, members of creation. Uh, we can't see like an eagle, hear or smell like a dog, and yet we claim uh, to know everything and have a full understanding. Uh, we look at life 
through, a, uh, through a, a pinhole. But God sees all things. He knows how every event relates to every other event and every other individual in the world. Uh, he knows when a sparrow falls from the sky. Uh, that that kind of knowledge, which we are so far from having, is the essential foundation of knowing whether uh, the consequences of something will turn out in a particular way or not. As I said, of course, knowledge is power, but power is also power. Can you do all things is an important question when it comes to uh, that role in life. Is Even if you had the authority uh, to impose your will, if you had the knowledge to know what ought to be done, would you be able to do it? Of course, we can't. There's a lot in life that we just can't do anything about. So we're not able to play that role. We don't have the authority, the knowledge, or the power to set ourselves up as God over our own life. That only the creator, God himself, can do that. And we'll leave this slide up actually for the rest of the message because this is the the foundation and core of it uh, that we constantly need to be reminded of. Because although we may not think of ourselves as gods, we often try to play that role over our own life. The relatively rare scenario when someone will stand up and say, I am a God, pray to me and worship me, uh, is one you don't see very often, uh, of course. And when you see it, those people tend to be mocked by most of the world. But that's not the only way we set ourselves up as God over our life. Have you ever heard someone described as thinking that uh, they think the world revolves around them? Maybe you've, you know somebody like that and said that yourself about them. Maybe someone who knows you knows someone like that and has said that about you. Uh, because we all can easily slip into that perspective. We are the center of our own universe. We perceive only the things around us and how they impact us and can easily fall into that idea that the world revolves around us, which isn't referring to the fact that uh, as though we thought we have the greatest mass in the universe and everything falls under our gravitational pull. Uh, It's that reality is defined by us, Uh, that the reality and significance and and, uh, of Everything is based on how it relates to us, and the only means by which things in our lives can be controlled is us. And God's response to Job uh, should humble us, just as it did Job, uh, whenever we fall into that trap of thinking that we know better than God. Of course, Job's example uh, provides one example of that. Uh, When we uh, see events 
in our lives that we can't reconcile with what we think should be. And we find ourselves second-guessing God in terms of why would you allow this to happen? How could you allow this to happen, God? Why haven't you said yes to my prayers, God? And we put ourselves over God to judge him and second-guess him as though we knew better. And we also do it in relationship to God's word. When we question what God has said, uh, both what he has said to do and what he has said not to do. Uh, When God's commands come into conflict with our uh, favorite sins, and we find ourselves telling God, but God, this feels so right to me. Surely it can't be wrong. This must be one of those exceptions. Uh, Surely, uh, you just meant in general, but not like to me, not with this. And uh, we presume uh, to second guess God's law and make exceptions to what he has said. Or when God tells us what we should do and we find it hard to do. Say, surely, God, I, I don't have to do that. Uh, just, you know, if I do it most of the time, that's got to be good enough. If I try to do it, that's got to be good enough. Whether that be giving to church or forgiving those who sin against us. We presume uh, to put ourselves over God to redefine what our lives should be contrary to what he says they should be. It's a hard teaching, but a necessary one. You are not God. God is. It's ultimately a valuable lesson as well. Because when we learn to stand in humility before God, we can ultimately find far greater confidence in life and security in life, and uh, contentment and happiness in life. Um, Because that is where we're supposed to be. And that playing the role of God in our lives is actually a a burden uh, we can't ultimately carry uh, that will inevitably cause us frustration and and anxiety. Uh, I quoted it in the... uh, uh, first service, and someone asked me to double check it. The uh, Psalm 131. It was 131. Uh, David writes, My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child within me is my soul. O Israel, put your hope in God, both now and forevermore. David realized there are some things that are simply above our pay grade. Uh, There are some things that are just beyond our ability to grasp, beyond our ability to deal with. And trying to uh, understand or accomplish uh, stuff at that level is just going to frustrate us. We can use Job as an example and uh, the, the questioning of God over how could you allow this to happen? God, why did you allow this to happen? Does that actually 
help? Is that actually productive? Does that make you feel better about the situation? No, of course not. Because you can't do anything about it. It just puts you in a place of frustration uh, and ongoing frustration and ongoing frustration and disappointment rather than uh, accepting that God knows what he's doing and God does know what he's doing and he can be trusted to carry it out regardless uh, of what that may be. It also impacts us in a a very positive way as we expand that, however, beyond uh, just recognizing that we aren't God. But we can, when we realize that this question applies to everyone else as well, that only God is God. And those who set themselves up as gods aren't God either. That's especially uh, significant uh, when uh, others may cause us to fear. When you see uh, powers and authorities uh, and others in the, in the world that uh, would put us in danger, whether that's in the, the global scale or the national scale or just a, a cranky boss or a, a difficult relative, uh, so when someone is making your life miserable, you can just ask yourself, who created all things? Is it the person who's making me miserable? No. Well, then how can they make me miserable? God is the one who created all things. He's the one who defines my reality, not what anybody else thinks about me, not what anybody else can do to me. God's plan is the plan that will succeed. Uh, And there's nobody uh, who can overwrite that. You ask yourself, uh, do those who uh, seek uh, my destruction or my harm, uh, have they seen all things? Do they know all things? No. They may see me in a negative way, but they don't know all things. What they say isn't necessarily true. Can they do all things? No, they can't. They can't harm me as I'm protected by the one who can do all things, God himself. It helps us when we're tempted as well. Uh, When the world promises us uh, wealth or happiness or whatever it may use to tempt you. Did they create all things? Have they seen all things? Can they do all things? Are those promises dependable? God's reminder that he alone is God is a wonderful bulwark against all kinds of temptation to fear, love, or trust in anything else, ourselves or the world around us. And that's why it is so fundamental It reminds us that God is God. And we can fear, love, and trust in him above all things. And as we do so, we'll find ourselves in a vastly better place. 
because he is God. As Jesus himself showed on earth, as we read about in our gospel lesson, did you notice the fit between those uh, lessons where God asks Job, have you walked on the recesses of the deep? Well, Matthew records for us how Jesus came up walking on the recesses of the deep. Uh, Not just a a metaphorical, figurative uh, fashion of being present over all creation and powerful over all creation and there at creation. He was literally walking on the water because all authority, knowledge, and power does belong to him. Uh, He has the power over all creation uh, to uh, exercise that unique role of uh, authority, knowledge, and power uh, to be the source of all identity, security, and meaning for his creation. And the best thing about it is that he's shown uh, that he is not just uh, uh, the a source of all authority, knowledge, and power, uh, but he is also defined by love. Again, back in Job, God asked, have you seen the gates of the shadow of death? And of course, Jesus could answer yes to that as well. Not as one who was compelled uh, to die, but who had the authority, knowledge, and power to submit to death as a willing sacrifice for our sins, only to rise again from the dead three days later. His act of sacrifice for us, to pay the price for our sins at the greatest possible cost to himself, uh, shows that he is not only Lord of all, uh, he is a loving Lord. And therefore we can doubly trust him with all our lives uh, to uh, look to him for our identity, security, and meaning, uh, to fear, love, and trust in him above all things, and knowing that we have a God who is not far off, but in love walks with us, who has walked the earth uh, side by side with us, calls us to walk with him even over the water as he has walked with us even through the valley of the shadow of death. That powerful Lord in his intimate presence with us uh, gives us the the greatest opportunity and the greatest blessing uh, as uh, we keep our eyes focused on him. Now, looking uh, to him uh, because of his authority, knowledge, and power, because he has created all things, knows all things, and can do all things, and therefore occupy that central portion in our life that nothing else can, unto eternal life with him. And may that peace that is beyond all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as we await the day of his glorious return. Amen.